Hey everybody, this is Dirk. This is Daniel. And we're here with a new podcast called Off the Record. Really the idea of this podcast is just to talk about all the things that we don't talk about on Sunday and most of the time the rest of the week. Yeah, if you recall last week we didn't have a, a name for the podcast and now we do, so we're super excited about that. It's officially Off the Record. It is Off the Record, which means whatever we say here, you can't hold it against us. Yeah, that was chosen <laughs> specifically because we did not want to be held to whatever we say. <laughs> we are not responsible. No, no, we sh- we're responsible for this. Yeah, the I think whole- we'll have good content. The whole podcast is a giant disclaimer for the podcast. That's, <laughs> that's what it's all about. But yeah, I mean, it's it's just for um, getting to know me and, and Dirk for who we are. And there, there's a, there's different segments throughout this podcast. You know, we have a how's your week going or tell us something fun about what happened um, this past week. You know, we will talk about the Sunday sermon. We'll talk about what's coming up. It's going to be a great time. We're glad yeah. you're here with us. Hopefully the little bits that didn't make it into the message yeah. on Sunday. Yeah, the little little gold nuggets where you're just like, ah, it doesn't fit perfectly, and I wish I could have said that. This is the perfect place to shoot. Yeah, and we get to answer some of those small group questions that uh, we ask other people to answer. Apparently, it kind of gets tough. Okay, apparently you told me last week, and it still blows me away, like hundreds of people look at this thing. I know, and I had to like re- rework it because... <laughs> Like, we got to start putting in more talk yeah. and more time into it. I actually got somebody else now reviewing those questions and giving giving some feedback. Wow, look at us. We is, said we were going to make sure it wasn't uh, an afterthought, and it is no longer an afterthought. I just, okay, though, this is – I don't – you know, how, how do you feel about, like, feedback, though? Like, I ask people – I ask people to, like, take a look at the questions and then, like, give me feedback because I want it to be better, like I said last week. Mm-hmm. But then when that happens, I kind of just, like, honestly, I just wanted them to say this is the best small group question, like, list in the history of small group question lists, and I can't believe you put it together in, like, 45 <laughs> seconds. I feel like I'm the opposite of you when it comes to feedback, <laughs> especially in West Michigan. That never happens, though. <laughs> especially in West Michigan when I go up to people and I'm looking for feedback. I always tell them, be as mean as you can be. And I feel like then it's just like they just give you decent feedback. Because yeah. otherwise, they'll say a bunch of nice <laughs> things about you, and then there's no no critique about how you should change things up. Whereas if I went to my friends in California and said, be as mean as you can, they would just annihilate yeah. me. Yeah. No, New England. <laughs> New England is yeah. uh, famous for that. I've got buddy that lives in New Jersey. and right. like, Every time I go out there, I just... I feel like everybody's just mean to me. <laughs> Chris and I said, we could never live in New Jersey. <laughs> the cashiers at the grocery store are just, are just angry. I'm like, no, I, I, think that's just, I think that's just how they talk. <laughs> that's funny. How's your week been, man? Oh, uh, dude, hey, Lily, my daughter, she turned eight. Pop, pop. Yeah, that's pretty exciting. Yeah. Uh, so we had uh, never-ending birthday parties. Yeah. Uh, it, you had a birthday weekend, right? Yeah, it's kind of stretched out into a week. Yeah. Uh, she's getting clever. Uh, she's talking about how she wears the number eight for soccer. So right. she's talking about how that's her her soccer golden birthday. Okay, that's not a thing. No, <laughs> no. she just made that up. Yeah, she just like, added a lot of fancy words like golden. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's why I get. I'm turning eight. I wear number eight, so that's why I should get a pony. Like, no, wait, <laughs> no, not a thing, right? Uh, not at all. What, what, what's awesome is she somehow convinced you guys to make it into an entire weekend. Yeah. It's not just one day where you, she gets celebrated. The entire weekend she's celebrated. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Like Friday, you know, we like had the decorations set up. She had some friends, parties, stuff yeah. like that. And then Saturday was like family. Yeah. And then, hey, dude, you came, you came to her soccer game on Sunday on her birthday. Yeah. 
Thanks yeah. for that. No problem. That was a ton of fun. I, I mean, I've been saying I've, I've been meaning to make it out for a while now, but there's always other commitments, and I'm going to be like, I'm like that deadbeat uncle that never shows up to anything saying that he's going to. That's true. So. Kristen, people assume that you and Kristen are related. <laughs> we were the only guys. two Asian people at the soccer game. That's a, why. It was a sea of white people. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and you guys standing next to each other. So I, that was like, it was definitely some like, oh, that's probably it. <laughs> that probably is the kid's uncle. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't mind being Lily's uncle. Well, she, that's the thing about how you don't even get credit for going to her soccer game because the her second grade teacher showed up. Right, it's totally stole the show. Totally stole the show. Yeah. Like they ask randomly. I'm like, we're just driving around. And they're like, is Mr. Daniel coming over? And I'm like, no, he's not. Why would, <laughs> did we say that he was coming over? I'm like checking my calendar, you know, trying, like, <laughs> I'm not texting and driving, but like I'm checking the calendar and driving. Like, are, are you coming over tonight? <laughs> and and I'm like, no, they're not. And like, oh, you know, he just, he just comes over sometimes. So I thought I'd ask. I'm like, oh, yeah. okay, yeah. So you came to the soccer game for the first time. That yeah. was amazing. Yeah, that was a ton of fun. I was I was actually over. It's it's funny. I, I think back now. I think I was over at least once a week over yeah. the summer, just yeah. hanging out. Um, that sounds about right. Which is probably why the kids are expecting me over. But no, I was over last week too. I uh, that that was fun and hanging out with Lily and Colin. Um, Lily completely blindsided me, though, if, if you recall, which you probably do. But they were so excited when you got over. So yeah. we should caveat it with, like, they weren't expecting it, you know, and it was just like, boom, Mr. Daniel's over. <laughs> so adrenaline, pumping, rushing, they get excited. And they showed up around bedtime, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Lily yells out, Mr. Daniel, we should have a naked party. <laughs> And Dirk looks over at me and that was he back goes, when she was seven. <laughs> She's eight now. She's a lot yeah, right. wiser. Uh, yeah. Dirk looks over at me and he goes, "What have you been doing with the kids when you're babysitting them?" Yeah. And I'm like, what, I'm like freaking out. I'm like ready for like Chris Hansen to kick out the door <laughs> and be like, "Ah, no more naked parties for you. You come in with me. We caught the predator." <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh uh, yeah. Those no kidding. I think Colin like, stripped off his shirt and started running around. Yeah, and he, he and then he heard naked party and then he started stripping down and I'm like upstairs now. <laughs> now I'm not. It. I'm. This is not how my career ends. <laughs> my career that hasn't even started yet. Yeah. Oh yeah. my god. Sort of explosion on the launch pad there. That was. Uh, <laughs> that's rough. Uh, we had uh, a good run. Yeah, we did have a good run. My negative twelve months run. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that was that was our week, I guess. How what, how about Sunday? How do you think um how do you think Sunday went? Yeah, so uh so overcome uh fear. Um you know, honestly, like I felt like there was decent uh comment content. Mm-hmm. Uh it was at least some cool one-liners. I yeah. felt like I was like, "Hey, write that down. That was good." Well, I, we we had talked about how like Jesus sends you into the storm. I felt like you did a really good job. Like if Jesus just fed five thousand people with a kid's lunchable and <laughs> yeah, tells yeah, right. me to get into a boat, I'm getting into a boat. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do whatever. Whatever he says, he says yeah. next okay, is happening, sure. and he just sends you straight into a storm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the thing was, like about Sunday, like nobody responded. Do you know? You do know. Like it is brutal. <laughs> When you're like pouring your heart out, and I, and I know that I'm probably going to be the most engaged person in the room because like yeah, like I got the microphone and right. uh, like the adrenaline is going right, but it is so hard when people just stare blankly at you. Like I, this one time, like I was into it and I was excited and I was like whoa whoa, you know, just yeah, yeah. I was preaching, man. I was preaching <laughs> in the southern 
like gospel <laughs> preaching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and I said something like, and I think we all need Jesus. Who in this room today, this morning needs Jesus? And like, it was crickets. Yeah, like they just stared at me. <laughs> One guy in the back, out of I don't know how many, there's a few hundred people there. One guy raises his hand, <laughs> and I want to just be like, just go home, all right? 299 other, just like, I'm well, you done. you kind of like called him. You were like, really? Like two people need Jesus? All right. And then I'm guessing a couple more people. Did right I there. say that? In the in the, I was in the second experience. I think. Yeah. I think you did say that. Yeah. I did. Okay. Well, that's definitely what I was thinking. <laughs> I wanted to just quit. Like, just <laughs> microphone off. Well, just like retire at halftime. Okay. Like the, like the dude at uh, the NFL guy. <laughs> right. Like that's it. I'm done. I'm out. This, this is taking too much of a toll on my body and my psyche. Well, I think. Um, so I, I'm I'm in this unique position where I could definitely see it from your side, but I was also in the audience. Um, that Sunday and every Sunday, and yeah, you I, didn't even raise your hand, man, brother. Do you not even let me, need let, Jesus me right let me let me let me tell you. I think you need Jesus more than oh my goodness. anybody else. Let me let me explain why. I think, um, you know, you're you're sitting there, and then I feel like encounters DNA is to make it as welcoming as possible for people. And I know I know for you, one of your catchphrases is like, "Has anybody experienced this? Don't raise your hand." But you know, it's a catchphrase. You, you kind of say that I all the say time. That a lot. Yeah, you do say that a lot. And then all of a sudden, do this. like you, you, you know, somebody shows up after four years of going to encounter, and you're like, "Who needs Jesus?" And they're expecting you to say, "Don't raise your hand," but and then you all of a sudden tell them to raise their hand. I'm guessing you could have like blindsided a couple of people. That's like a thing in the Midwest. That <laughs> yeah, I'm from the Midwest, right. so it's like you know, telling a fish that you know you're actually wet. Right. But you know, so but but something that I've noticed. In other contexts, it's like when you know you, with the preacher starts preaching, and uh, and people start like Amen, you know, right, or they right. start maybe they'll clap or right, they're like right. preach it, brother. It. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, oh yeah, man, yeah. that'd be that'd be sweet. I right. would love they that. They stand up. Yeah, they stand, yes, Lord, right. yeah. something, yeah. right? <laughs> um, but in the Midwest, I've noticed, but probably just like maybe a white thing. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I've noticed. Like when you're really like preaching your mind out, you know, mm-hmm. you, it's not like amens and claps and shouts or anything. Like people just kind of like like lean forward and say, "Hmm, that's the Midwest that, amen." That is the Midwest amen. <laughs> it's just it's like a nice a smile and a nod and a hmm. But you know, you know like, afterwards whoa. that if if they do that, you know, afterwards they're gonna be in the car like, "Oh my goodness, this Sunday was so great. Dirk really brought the message." You know, they're they, yeah, they're maybe, saying I, all these things, but you would never know. Uh uh-uh. uh do so. I, I do pulpit so fast. I'm assuming nobody is coming back this weekend because <laughs> they were like, I don't know about that guy. I do pulpit supply at some of these churches. What is pulpit supply? Uh, it, like you supply their pulpits? Like they don't have a, the pastors on vacation, and then they ask you to come preach. Like they ask a seminary, and they underpay them and tell tell them to come <laughs> preach at a church. You think? <laughs> How much do you think those sermons are worth? <laughs> Depends if I'm recycling one or if I'm writing one from scratch. Um, if I'm writing one from scratch, I'm, I earned every single penny. I, I remember doing that pulpit supply back in seminary. Yeah. And I remember getting paid $40. And this was not like, oh, yeah, a long time ago, $40 you could buy a car yeah. with. No, it was still like <laughs> like a movie ticket. You know, like it was not much. But I also remember thinking, I'm not sure if it was worth $40. <laughs> like it wasn't a good message <laughs> at all. But um, yeah, I, I guess I, I definitely 
resonate with that. I, I go to some of these churches, do pulpit supply, and get completely blank stares. Yeah. And afterwards, they were like, we want you back. That was such, so great. I'm like, really? I thought I was going to get kicked out halfway through like the sermon. Just, you're done. Because I thought I was going to get fired from pulpit supply. <laughs> it was because it was, it was no response. But is, do you envision like moving towards more where people are uh, responding to you and engaged to you? I don't. Well, first of all, people... I think probably assume that I have a clearer vision than I do how encounter is going to become. But, you know, like, I think that'd be cool. Like, I think that'd be great. That's like the, the shift in, you know, in preaching now is uh, that I've just picked up is it's less about the, the whole, you know, a, a content of message and series and uniformity of everything. And it's more into like sound bites, like it or ha- like it or hate it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's like culture wise. You mm. got to have those takeaways, those like punchy lines, those memorable sure. statements. Yeah, you know, you and build you build up you build it up all the way up to that one sentence. Yeah. that you're really bringing it. And if it's dead quiet after that, you're just kind of like, oh wow, I just built up all this momentum and no one's responding yeah. to, it. or it feels I, like nobody's responding to it. And now I feel like I need to rush on to the next thing. Yeah, to like not make to avoid the awkward silence exactly and then it just gets you know it's just kind of like it's a little lost but then it's also kind of weird to like ask people to speak up in church too right well i think people need permission i think some people want to yeah they and just it's, like, how do you do that tactfully i guess is a million dollar question because i i feel like the stereotypical go-to southern baptist you know um you know maybe predominantly black church the pastor just goes can a brother get an amen you know <laughs> but i can't see you up there doing no, something you don't think like i can pull that, that off uh, i don't know i think you should just do your dad jokes <laughs> <laughs> dad jokes are more my wheelhouse but then like you say a dad joke and then they just like s- people stare at you <laughs> for that and you're like well that was just awful i like, actually that, had a conversation that was a dad joke <laughs> By the way, I had a conversation with uh, one of one of my small group guys, and he said he really appreciated it. But he was a dad through and through, so all of the dads yeah. I think appreciate it. But all right, a bunch of the students are just like, oh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, there goes Derek again with his dad jokes. So I can, I'd be like, that's your mo now. No more dad, dad jokes. jokes. It's all gonna be lit and fire. Oh and yeah, hype, <laughs> etc. Can a brother get an amen? <laughs> Yeah, and then just and then if if no one says amen, just stay quiet until until just double down on the. I know I found like if I if I ask for an amen, sure, then uh, the, I'll get an amen, hmm. but it'll be like in unison, like everybody all like amen, hmm. you know, like we're reading out of a script. Yeah, um, but you know, I'll, I'll take beggars can't be choosers. Beggars can't be choosers. All right. <laughs> Yeah, that's funny. Yeah. And, and 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 the second half of that is askers can't be deciders, right? So Ooh. if you ask people to speak out and it doesn't turn out the way that you wanted it to, then yeah, too bad, man. Uh, yeah. I kind of like that. So I'll just write that down. Amen. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I feel affirmed, don't you? I feel like I'm speaking to you. It feels good. Man, that'd be that'd be cool though. I think I I wonder what if we do give if people feel like they have the permission to and stuff like that um what that would look like because if you if, if I mean, you have a lot of people packed into the auditorium yeah and if you have them all like feeling it and yeah yeah i don't know i, don't know. I think it's energizing we'll see I'd, I'd go to a church like that yeah you know I, I would go to encounter even if i didn't work here i'm not sure that was always true all right so <laughs> like here's the other 40 percent yeah here's the other 40 percent for me so 
<laughs> we 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 kind of butted heads a little bit, and then I you think so? And then I <laughs> like that year that you that didn't go to Encounter anymore. And then I and then I kind of like left Encounter for a little hot second, and I went like church shopping, and I was like hopping around and going to other churches and stuff like that. There's a reason I'm back. Oh yeah, <laughs> I would go to Encounter if I if I didn't work here either. All right, yeah. So, yeah so like we all came around eventually. We all came around. No kidding. <laughs> that's oh that that's the thing. Like it's interesting to ask like pastors spouses if they would go to the church if their spouse didn't oh. work there you should ask Kristen would you go oh, I thought you were going to say you sh- I should ask my spouse and I'm like I have news for you buddy don't go <laughs> no, no kidding <laughs> yeah that's going to be more difficult yeah yeah cool should we okay so uh we're going to we're going to transition into small group questions here because we promised that we will talk about small group questions because we ask other people to talk about it but before we do should we just in case somebody um either tuned out or wasn't there on sunday yeah yeah just a, like a 30 second recap of what you talked about on yeah sunday. the message that you know we're overcoming god is overcoming fear mm-hmm. in our lives and the irony is that he uh, begins to overcome fear by sending us into a storm Right, he sends right. the disciples right into a storm, and then he walks out on the water. Yeah, and uh, Peter gets out of the boat, right, and follows after, which is pretty surprising mm-hmm. that Peter gets out of the boat. <laughs> right, yeah. like I realize he's maybe fifteen years old. You know, we think about he's probably a mature guy, and it's like, nah, he's fifteen. Okay, so I feel a little bit ashamed because I feel like as, as like a research guy, I should have known that, but you kind of caught me off guard with that. I thought he was a lot older. Yeah, that wasn't like in our research notes or anything, but. Uh, you know, something I read a while back that Jewish uh, had no clue. disciples were just uh, were just young. Yeah, so a ninth grader steps out of the boat. It's just crazy that these guys are. That just hit me, ninth graders. Anyway, um, <laughs> this would be so un- inappropriate if it was this day, like some thirty-year-old dude hanging out with a bunch of fifteen-year-olds. <laughs> It'd be so weird. Yeah, I didn't really think about it like that. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've, I have this Chris Hansen thing in my mind. I'm just <laughs> yeah, like, right, no right. more naked parties, Lily. No. Oh, All right. Raining it in. Raining it in. Yeah, but so Peter gets out of the boat. Yeah. It's like, that's one of our, our small group questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, would you would you have gotten – I'm not – this is not a rhetorical question. Yeah. Would you have gotten out of the boat? I, okay, so Peter, I feel like he's the guy that either goes big or goes home. Yeah, but we're not right. talking about Peter talking about daniel right i'm, I'm building it up to okay. i'm building it up this is going to be a soundbite uh, <laughs> build up. that so peter is the go big or go home guy zero or a hundred yeah. when, when he's when he's like what's going on he doubles down yeah right and i think the stepping out of the boat is doubling down yeah and i have a tendency to do that so mm-hmm. i want to say like i'm peter yeah but, but, but we're all peter that was the point one of the points yeah, we on are Sunday. Yeah. we are all peter i think um but like so in those moments where you're either in or you're like really not in, where you're out. Yeah. That's Peter. Oh, you're all in or all out. Right. It's those deciding moments. So may- maybe, but I don't know. How do you I-, I feel like that's such a uniquely Peter thing to ask Jesus. Yeah. Let me walk out to you. Who comes yeah. up with that? Yeah. Right? That's, that's just completely foreign to me. And I feel like that's what makes the story so powerful yeah. and engaging. And it kind of like draws people in is because people are seeing there like, I would not have thought to step out of the boat. And I don't think I would have too. Yeah, I, I, I think that that's exactly the question is would I have even thought about Exactly. If he's doing it, I might be able to do it too. Maybe I should ask. 
I think I would have just stared slack jawed. Yeah. And waited for him to say, "Get out of the boat, Dirk." Right. I mean, like, <laughs> okay. you, you, I think a better question, or a more, more appropriate question, maybe not better, but appropriate question, would be if Jesus asked you to step out, would you do it? Right. But then, would you step out like Peter? Is such a uniquely Peter oh. thing. Because I was just about to say, like, yeah, but he didn't, man. He never asked me to like get out of a boat and literally walk on water, except. He asks us to do things all the time. It's in the Bible, dude. It's red letters. <laughs> like visit, you know, the, the imprisoned and feed the sick and yeah, uh, clothe the naked. That one's a big one for, right. for some people s- sitting around the microphone. Oh, <laughs> Definitely clothe the naked, especially if they're eight years old. <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, that's red letters, but uh, we, don't, we don't do that all the time. Right. So I think anybody who says, but then it's also I'm 100 getting out of the boat is a little bit full of that. Yeah, because you can't. It's overwhelming. And I'm gonna go back to our first week where it's like you can't do everything. You know mm. what is it? You can't do one fatigue? thing. Compassion, compassion fatigue. fatigue. There, there's a level of compassion fatigue. We we were not Jesus. Yeah. At the end of the day, he calls us to be like him, and the best we could do is try our best to be like him. But I think at the end of the day, we can do one thing. Yeah. You know. So whatever. I love how this just turned into. Like a review of the message two weeks ago. That's how you know your message from last week really sucked when people come up to you. And this happened a bunch. Are you for real? Yeah. When they're like, hey, that message. And I was like, oh, cool. Like, thanks for saying so. And then they're like, two weeks ago, so good. And I was like, uh, and they start like talking about like what God told them Mm. two weeks ago. And I'm like, I'm literally like just got off the stage. You're focused on Peter. They're still thinking about last thing. Yeah. I don't even know what that was anymore. But it was the the Good Samaritan. Good Samaritan one. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. We were there. We remember. It's funny how you preach something and people write emails and they're like, "Oh, this this changed my life." And I'm like, looking back on my notes, what did I preach about again? Yeah, that it's, was not a good sermon. <laughs> <laughs> the Holy Spirit definitely did something with that because I sure didn't. No kidding. Yeah. Um, okay, let's move on to this next question. Would you have done the same? You, did you answer the question? Would you Would you have well, that's out a, of the boat? No, yeah, I answered that because that was like, I don't think anybody could, mm. could ever say, like, that. 100% I would have done it because he tells us to do things all the time and we just don't. Yeah. We just don't do it. Cool. Storms, man. Yeah, storms. Next are question crazy. Name a storm that you've experienced in your life and how has it impacted your faith life? Who's going? You're going. I'm going? Yeah. All right. Yeah. I got to ask that one. So I so I was thinking about this a little bit before we, we started, and I guess what I came up with was um, my relationship with my parents hasn't always been, like, even-keeled, smooth sure. sailing, you know? So, you like, I've learned some things about Korean uh, family life. Yeah. And you're an only child Yeah, I'm an only well. child. I don't know. I just, like, I feel, I felt like that was And my family context. is... Uh, my family is uniquely Peter as well. I feel like one time, I, I was just thinking about this for some reason. One time we went on a family vacation. It was like me, my mom, my dad, and my grandparents. We were at the hotel and we, we, tur- we decided to turn on a movie. You know what we picked? We picked The Passion of Christ. <laughs> <laughs> and my grandma is like halfway through the movie. She's like bawling her eyes out. And I'm just sitting there like, this is, this is fun? Why are we doing this? I must have been in elementary school or like junior high school, whenever oh whenever Lord. the Passion came out. Yeah. But we're just sitting in a hotel room in like Colorado watching the Passion of Christ. <laughs> my family's weird, man. Oh, Anyways, 
more recently, there's just these things where I feel like, I, and, and, you know, if you're Asian American, which if you're listening to this, you're probably not, um, you probably feel this pressure of like, like your grandparents sacrificed everything to move to America and your parents didn't even know the language and they grew up broke, poor. Like my dad, you know, he joined the U.S. military to get citizenship and he got paid $400 a month, which back then was like, eh. But then he would have to send six three hundred and sixty dollars back. Holy cow! To my grandma to help support the family. It's like a reverse tithe, man. He reverse tithe his money, and on forty dollars, he said like after he bought toiletries and just basic living supplies, um, he he barely had anything left. Yeah. And my dad's a huge photographer, or he was back then, and he always wanted this Nikon camera. He would walk by the store, and oh. and you know he would save up like three four dollars. A month thinking one day maybe I'll be able to buy that camera um, and yeah it, and did, all of did that did he get the camera like he did it's sitting on my desk right now actually. really he handed it down to me yeah so holy cow I'm kind of into photography too and every it's like a reminder like remember what dad had to go through and that's kind of like oh, yeah. and then for me it um, I think about that I think about like my grandma who's just I mean my grandpa fun story my grandparents were from North Korea and North yeah, north before there was a north and south. Okay. And then they saw the writing on the wall and then they fled, which meant like my grandpa was a pretty successful banker, had to abandon everything. They f- like fled to the south and then they lost everything. Yeah. So grew up dirt poor. My dad, my grandpa got <sighs> into drinking heavily and was very sick for a long period of his life. And my grandma basically said, I'm going to put the family on my back. We're starting a new life in America. Yeah. So she flew to the U.S., got a job at a factory somewhere yeah. and basically helps and, and then set the foundation for my parents to give birth to us. And it's like now three generations in, me and my cousins finally have an opportunity to do something yeah. meaningful and with our lives and, and like the American dream, right? Yeah, yeah. And I feel like they have high expectations. If you're wondering why so many Asians are like doctors, lawyers, and engineers, it's like they, I'm sure they have similar stories to mine. Yeah. Where like generations of families had to sacrifice to give us a fighting chance. Don't don't waste it. Don't waste it. Exactly. So big. But there's also a high percentage of us that just feel like the pressure is insurmountable. Yeah. Um, and I feel like that just creates a lot of tension between. So I guess uh, like a storm in my life. All of that to say is. I feel like on one hand, I feel like I need to live up to my parents' expectations or or be mm. successful in my life. Yeah. But also on the other hand, I feel like they sacrificed everything so that I I can live a life that I find fulfillment and true fulfillment in. So it's just balancing that tension and struggle. And it, it just applies to so many aspects of life. Uh, the job that I'm going to go into in the future, relationship stuff, yeah. um, different aspects um, of, of life. And... It's, we're always constantly butting heads, but like they have this very clear vision of you and your life. Yeah, yeah, and, and it's it's big, right? So for me, I'm I'm in a place where I want to respect them and respect the sacrifices that not only they made, but like my grandparents oh, made, yeah. but then also live out life to the fullest the way that I feel God has, you know, the gifts that God has given me and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, there's there's a lot of storms there, but I feel like right now we ha- we had a good conversation the other week, and I'm kind of like pulling out of um, a nosedive. Yeah. So it's just always a little yeah. choppy, but right now it, the storm has passed for the moment. Well, faith life. What does that do to your faith life? Oh man, you know, t- talking about my parents, um, and and I can't really speak to parents on stage. 
because I'm not one, right? I'm just a college kid. So I can't really speak to the parents, but if there's one thing that I could say to parents, um, the best thing my parents did for me was make sure that my faith was square one. Okay. So square one is like when you say I'm back to square one, it's like I'm back to, you know, basics. Starting point. Um, (laughs) Nice. Um, (laughs) We have a starting point desk. You should come check us out. I'm there every weekend. Shameless plug. But faith being square one means I could explore and try other things and uh, get, get out of my faith life and try yeah. to find fulfillment in, in other things. And when they all inevitably fail, right? my parents have ingrained in me that what you should fall back is the gospel. What you should fall back is yeah. Christ. And I think that's why even like Christ and in the Bible, it talks like parents, it is your responsibility to train your kids because I'm not saying this is a requirement to be a good Christian. So would they, would, did they put faith like God's vision for your life above even your vision? No, or, uh, sorry. God's vision above their vision for your life? They just poured into my faith life ever since I was young. Yeah. I think I could count I could legit count the number of times we missed church in the 15 years I lived with them in California. Yeah. It must have been 3 or 4. Right. And one time I was deadly sick. Right? Yeah. If you're kind of sick, you're still going to church, son. You know? <laughs> Um, I mean, that's different now. The Korean culture, we pray so much. And my, I feel yeah. like my grandpa, my grandma spends two hours a day in her closet praying. Yeah. Two hours a day, every day, consistently just has oh, a list man. and she just prays through it. My mom, same, same deal, probably even more. Um, just really, really strong prayer culture. Yeah. And I, I, and they always tell me we're praying for you. And so I feel like there's like, there's like the spiritual aspect of it where I know that like, I'm in a place where it's, I'm in a storm, right? I'm yeah. in a storm like the disciples. I know what to fall back on. I know what my square one is. I know where to return to. Yeah. And I feel like some people don't have that. Yeah. Like their square, square one is video games or drinking yeah. or, you know, um, just like yeah. being. You can fall back on that all day long. Right. But it's not ultimately going to be yeah. helpful. So, yeah, for my faith life, I think when I, whenever, whenever I'm in a, in a rough patch with them, I remember that, you know, God is in control and that ultimately they love me and want the best for me. And, you know, we, we, we talk about, you know, our faith lives together. We pray for each other and stuff like that. I think that's cool. Yeah. yeah. I dig it. What about you, man? Storms, man. Storms in your life. I think uh, this is sort of ongoing, so there's not like a, well, and then I came out of the storm and everything was great. And so I have... Uh, it ended and now I can look back on but one of the things like the church grew kind of a lot um, pretty steady which is which is cool Um, but like a lot more people around and it creates (laughs) like this where is this thing going Mm. and how do we know that this is the right way to go you know like when, when it was me and my wife and I thought, like, oh, how badly could I mess this up? Right. <laughs> right? Like, there's two people around here, <laughs> and one of them is me. Like, <laughs> you, you make up 50% of the church. Yeah, right. You know, and then we had a baby. So yeah. it's like, boom, 50% growth <laughs> overnight, essentially. <laughs> Did it. Did uh, it. Uh, so the, and then it was three. Uh, no, but then it, it kind of grows after that. And then now there's, like, you know, there's a staff and there's like all of these serving teams and everybody's like pouring in 
time and it's like their thing like their one thing so many people's one thing is serving at this church mm -hmm. you know and, and just seeing god move here and so many teams right we talk about this all the time we say the, the visible manifestation of the Holy Spirit at Encounter Church is the number of volunteers we have. It, 200. It does not make sense. Church. Yeah. Like, as a whole. It doesn't. This should not work out. If it, somebody pitched me this idea, like, I would love somebody to go on to Shark Tank, you know, on the show, <laughs> and be like, here's the pitch. All right? We're going to have We're, 200 people volunteer. <laughs> right. And just give their time and right. energy. And then, and then as, they, as they volunteer, we also ask them for money. <laughs> Right, and then they they give money, and then because they give money, it like makes a bigger need because more people are coming in, and so we need more volunteers. We need more money. And Mark Cuban's like, I'm out. Yeah, oh for sure. Kevin O'Leary is like, I'm. What's stopping you know the next big church from squashing you like the cockroach that you are, and then you're kicked out of Shark Tank? Yeah, or or like, why? Wait, why would I give you money so that you could ask me to serve? So that you could ask me for more money. Like, this doesn't seem to make any sense at all. This is all truly doesn't. Duct taped together by the Holy Spirit. We, say, we always say if all of our volunteers left, we, we wouldn't be able to operate next week. Oh, my word. We would have to close our doors. It was just, ah. Uh, yeah. You know, it doesn't make sense. So, like, I I have that, I feel like this pressure, and I know, yeah, I know, it's, it's God showing up. Mm. You know, it's not just me. But, like, I still feel that pressure of so many people. Um like investing and relying on and so there it creates this massive storm of mm. i don't know leadership inadequacy because i don't know what i'm doing you know people, people are like people are like looking at the church and going like hey man was this the was this your vision for encounter like all along is it pretty cool to see it all like come together and i'm like i no <laughs> i have no idea man like i don't know most of the ideas here are just like listening to podcasts and reading books from other people. I'm like, I don't know, maybe that'll work. <laughs> and I have no idea if it does. Or, okay, real talk. Yeah. Like this is the, this is the big leadership thing mm. that I've learned sure. in all of my inadequacy storms. Sure. In all of my inadequacy storms, this is my this is my big takeaway. All right. Throughout our entire education, we always have this right or wrong mentality right you know like you're in seminary right now yeah your last test you got back gp yeah gpa last test yeah we're not going to talk about my last test well, i want to what was the grade <laughs> for example it was an a minus i believe we'll go or with that you, i got an a minus at some point in my seminary at some career point in your life you got an a minus yep. you know and so you know like what is that you know with with grade inflation now that's probably like you know, that's probably like an 88% sure. is an A minus now. Is that? No, it's, yeah. it goes the other way, I feel like. It's like a 94 is an A minus. It okay. just gets harder and harder. Yeah, we're going to respectfully disagree on that. But, uh, <laughs> you know, so like you get a 94%. Like, you know, 6% of what you got wrong because it's like written with red ink. Right. You know? And like, this is, you got 90 four of the hundred questions right, right and six of them wrong you know exactly what you did right and what you get wrong but you and don't you, have that and you can graduate yeah. and you have no idea what's right and what's wrong it's just sort of like i don't know maybe in 10 years we'll have enough context to or, decide or it's like, like you'll find out when you go to heaven yeah, like, that's yeah. not helpful yeah, right no kidding <laughs> <laughs> this is this is exactly it yeah but so much of leadership comes down to we don't know 
It's not, I think it's not right is, or wrong. I think this is right. Yeah. Or I think this is best. Or I think this is wise. Hmm. And this is probably unwise. Or this isn't best. Hmm. And you never really find out whether it's right or wrong. Sure. So I'm like, I don't know if we're, I think we're on track. This is so I interesting. We're good. So the, the follow-up question is, how has it impacted your faith life? And yours is closely tied to the church. Like your storm is your leadership in the church. How does that affect your faith life? That's a good point. I guess I'm just like just now processing this. <laughs> um, are there, okay, let me rephrase the question. Are there moments in your life or seasons in your life where you feel like you just need to like step back a little bit? Um, you know, I was just thinking about that yesterday. Again, a podcast and this dude was talking about how he was uh, it's a startup podcast. Mm-hmm. I sent it to you. Did you listen to that? I listened to like three episodes, yeah. Solid. It was good. But he did you listen to the one where he goes out in a, in the monastery? The nuns and he nope haven't gotten okay. there yet. All right, it's good, but oh man! And I was just thinking, like as I was listening to that, I should I should probably do that. Become a nun. <laughs> <laughs> or work at a that'd monastery. Be, that'd be sweet. No, no, just like detach, right? Oh. And, and, and like shut it all down for a little while. But like, like I shut encounter down. No, like me oh, shut oh, me down. Okay. Like just take time out of production yeah. uh, for a little while, or just refocus, recalibrate time. Yeah. Hmm. Um. So I've, I've thought about that. But like on the faith life follow-up question to the to the storm of just wondering whether this is right or if there's like, you're failing. You know, you're, you're at 30% mm. red marker on the test. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just have to believe mm-hmm. that God is in control and mm-hmm. I'm not. Yeah. It's his ship. Like we just, right. we, you know, we get those volunteers that come out. Every every gift that comes in, it's just like baffles. Yeah, that must have been God because it definitely wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> right? Huh? That's awesome. I, I guess there's there's pros and cons to it, but there it is very uniquely Dirk, like it is uniquely Peter, to be in that position of yeah. being in a storm that is related to church and your leadership capacity in that church. I feel like it could be very, very tumultuous, but also I think looking back, there could be a clear silver lining that God's working yeah. through through that. We'll go with that. We'll go with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so it, it, you know, we were talking about all of this, and for, for, the, for the person that was, you know, maybe not, uh, you know, at church on Sunday, like if you could give like a 30-second version or like one thing that they should – like chew on this week everything's in sound bites now. everything's in sound bites give it to me the sound bite the presence of a storm is not mean the absence of god like as soon as i said that on sunday i was like ooh. i think i said like, you should write that down like that, <laughs> that might not happen the again. presence of a storm is not the absence of god and if, if you if you dive a little bit deeper into that it's like god is gonna send you into the storm right and it doesn't mean that he's gone it doesn't mean that he left you should expect it yeah we should expect it. Jeez. Yeah. Cool. Sweet, man. Yeah. That's awesome. What uh, What's coming up next week? Coming up next week, overcome doubt. Overcome doubt? Yeah. So I thought about, there's a lot of content, you know, that I left out. Yeah. Uh, and I thought about just like doing the same my story. Because I, you know, Peter is out there in the water and one of the big things that I and see if people notice. Oh man, <laughs> you can save money on programs. <laughs> yeah, just take a sharpie and take write a sharpie, out, like, change the date, and just like doubt. Yeah, yeah. No, no. Um, yeah, because like Peter, 
he's out there and he starts doubting whether or not it's going to work out. Yeah. And that's why he starts sinking. Hmm. And there's like a whole sermon I feel like there. But no, no, it'll be different. Yeah. It'll be new. It'll be good. Um, What's, but, what, but give me, give me like the, a little teaser. What, what can I look forward to? Yeah. So the, the question that I get mm-hmm. more than any other question, you know, when people are like, hey, dude, like we talk about something and I'm like, oh, no. It's probably going to be something about pornography or mm. not that or doubt. Like the question when that like, hey, here's the uh, can we talk about something? And then they're like looking around. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Like, do you ever doubt? Like, do you ever have skepticism of this entire thing? Yeah. And that's what we'll talk about on Sunday. Oh, wow. That's all you're going to give us. That's you're all you're going to leave, leave us with the question like that. That's all. Oh, man. That, that's such a great question, actually. And, and if it, it almost scares me if you're like, I have absolutely no doubt. Like, really? Have you, like, do you not ask the hard questions then? Because there are some questions that I lose sleep over. Maybe it's because I was a philosophy, philosophy major. major. I was uh, just about to say that same thing. Yeah, like the problem of evil. You should just believe more. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, we're going to fix that whole problem of evil on Sunday. Just going to clear that right up. Dude, dude if, then... you, if you can fix that, forget <laughs> about, man, you're going to get a yacht somewhere. You could retire early if you could answer it. Because people have been asking that question for like 1,500 years, man. This is tangential, but the, pri- the we're buying a yacht. Encounters the- buying a yacht. <laughs> is that yeah, what's happening? Finally, we've arrived. <laughs> we've definitely not arrived. Like the problem with the problem of evil isn't God; it's that evil exists. So it's always going to be a problem, no matter what you do. So it's not like you don't have an objection with God; you have an objection with evil. And so whether you jettison God and then go to like what? Something else? Oh, Dirk, you just opened a massive you, box of worms at the at the tail end of this podcast. We can't get into this right now. All right, next time, next time. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about maybe maybe we'll talk about that next time. All right. But, um, yeah, this is this has been. I'm looking forward to this Sunday. What what do you got going on until then? Oh, dude, look what I found. What are we doing? What do we got? Whatever. I, what, what I always do in your office. Oh man, Daniel Jew is now applying deodorant because i told him he needs he needs to wear deodorant asians don't get bo bro and then oh i like that smell though what do we got going on there old spice pure sport high endurance deodorant nice it's a gene thing it's not an antiperspirant is it is that what i should upgrade to do you get cancer if you use that stuff i feel like i'm your dad like trying to teach you dude i'm telling you if you go to korea like people can't even find deodorant they have to go to like the military like the american military 7-eleven to find deodorant because i'm telling you man it's like a gene thing asians don't don't get bo like i said i have not smelled your bo exactly okay and i've no i've lived with you for two two weeks before that's true. <laughs> case I'm still closed. Case closed. All right. Well, I mean, you know, this is this is the end of the podcast, but we do like music at Encounter, like we said last week. Love it. Yeah. So we have a we have a cool tune for here by New Jobbies. 
um, and re uh, rest in peace, Nujabis. Love his love his stuff. Aruzin. If you need study music, this is there's a one hour loop of this on YouTube that you can find. But thank you for listening. We always appreciate you tuning in. Hey, we we could uh, see how many people listen to this, and we got more than one person to listen to it. Dirk. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So you guys invited your friends to listen to it, which gets us pumped. Kristen and Lily both listened to it, what? so that was great. Oh, I listened to it like four times. <laughs> that's so me. <laughs> so maybe all of those counts are from us, but. Hey, tell a friend that we're doing this. We love doing it every week. Share it. It's good. Yeah, share it with people. And yeah, we'll talk to you guys next week. See ya.